Thanks for catching up with us. This is Krista. And this is Errol. And this is the catch-up bottle. <laughs> this is oh, the wow. okay. catch. This is the catch-up podcast. <laughs> All right. Let. Are you gonna stick with us? With that? Okay. <laughs> anyway, how are you, Errol? I think I know that you just got a dog. How's that going? Yeah, I got a dog. Her name's Enzo, and she bit me this afternoon. What? <laughs> De- definitely not the update that I was thinking about. <laughs> well, what she did, did not. What did you do to her? I set her. F- uh, she has a dog house, and um, every two hours or three hours, I let her run around and you know go pee and. Uh, do her business and be happy, and then after a few minutes, I take her back to her to the dog house, so that she learns to to be at peace in that space. But um, and and this particular instance, she did not want to be taken back <laughs> to and the you dog house. Her? I did not force her. I was trying to carry her from her back, and then she did. She didn't bite me exactly. She. Her teeth grazed upon my skin, and it caused a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of an uh, a raised raised lion lesion, a raised lion <laughs> here at the radial aspect of my forearm. So okay. that's it. But she's a happy dog. She's very hyperactive, and I'm very happy with her. And I just want. The best for her. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. How did you get her? Did you guys rescue was, her? She was given to us by my mom's friend, I think. I actually don't know where she came from. She just. <laughs> this is so weird to hear. <laughs> I don't know where she came from. She just. She just had. She she was just here, and I thought she was mm-hmm. cute, and I started just taking care of her. Um, what okay, about that's, that's so yeah. What about you, Krisa? Um, I wanted to ask you, like, uh, if there right. was something nice that you watched, like a movie or a TV show this week. That particular um, that is <laughs> that is a really great question because happen. I did just watch something so cool. Um, you might you might have heard about this because it's already just on Netflix. <laughs> and wait, let me try to Google the name because it's yung nakalagay sa Netflix. It's been translated. Pero sa Tagalog, yung title is Paano Siya Nawala? And in Netflix, they translated it to something like um, How She Left Me, which is parang lost in translation siya in a bit because Paano Siya Nawala is parang super gen- gender neutral. But then, but then, parang when Netflix translated it, it became about her leaving the guy, pero not necessarily. So right. I, I highly recommend watching the movie. It's Rian Ramos and Jem De Guzman, um, and it's about face blindness, which is such an amazing. Pero it's an amazing discovery for me personally. I didn't know or I wasn't aware to the extent of that. Um, that mental illness na para I don't know even if people that mental illness pero it's different prosopognosia Pros, prosopognosia yes did they mention exactly that? that's it 
yeah, parang the, for the guy, um, the way that he described it in the film at least, um, it's like when you see a bulldog in the park, tapos parang the next day you see another bulldog, akala mo they're the same. Pero parang they're not. And that's how, that's how he sees humans in general. Yung faces ng mga tao na, na he can't differentiate or nag iba yung faces. So it's very interesting um, the way that they tackled it. Uh, it's very complex. I, I really like how the attempts of, of the movies nowadays and the film industry is they add layers to the characters. And it's like the proper amount of work <laughs> and humor. So I think I, I would really recommend everyone watching it. It's cute. That's cool. I might catch it this week if I if I get I, I built myself a super long queue of things to watch while I'm still on a <laughs> relatively light load in my school. So I hope I get to watch it maybe next week. But that sounds super interesting. And um prosopognosia I think uh, rather than a mental illness it would be considered like a cognitive deficit, a neurologic mm-hmm. deficit. So thanks for, um, thanks for saying that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's super interesting that you mentioned that show uh, featuring that very specific kind of uh, condition because I all I also was watching am watching a Korean drama. Uh, it's <laughs> it's okay not to be okay. It's super it's a big hit here, I think. Have you heard of it? No, 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 I have not. But I'm not, I'm out of the loop with Korean dramas because they make me a different person <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I watch Korean dramas. Anyway, so the, the, the relation to that is that the, one of the main actors there apparently has prosopognosia in real life. Uh, I wow. recently found out like on social media and I, I, I was, it was just very striking because that particular actor is a his character is so is one of the best characters in the show and it's just amazing how a person to see a person with a disability um, be able to act so well considering that you know parang it's a cognitive deficit that you would expect there would be more difficulty in terms of like working and acting if you can't recognize faces I don't know I'm, I, maybe so I'm reaching um, yeah because Parang after ko panoorin yung movie, I also did a, a bit of research on the, on the, is it cognitive dissonance? What did you say? Uh, a deficit or a neurologic deficit. A deficit. Okay, neurologic deficit. I've got to remember that. And then parang there's a girl who writes for the Wall Street Journal yata, if I'm not mistaken. Tapos she did say, she talks about how she lived with, she's living with, um, yun nga, the face blindness and how in the beginning she thought na she she just thought na meron siyang um, issues with remembering other people's faces and she didn't really think about it that much pero parang um, eventually yung husband niya would parang told her na maybe you should really have that check and she did and then yun nga meron pala so I it's sabi niya nga na it's very eye-opening Na finding out that you have this pala. <laughs> it's cool that it's very interesting. that conditions like this are they seem rare and it's not we're not really aware about them and it's nice to have yeah. representation in 
mainstream platforms like Netflix. So, yeah, more people get to encounter them and know about them. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I really, yeah, I really like it when that happens. Yeah, and uh, you're made aware of it through a movie you watch, or yeah, or it's parang the pop culture culture showcases it in maybe a song or or a movie. It's pretty pretty good. That's great. That was a, I. I really liked this. These two questions to catch up or to start the episode. And now I think we're ready. We're ready to go to the yes. meat, the meat of the matter. And last yeah. week we decided that we would talk about um, Taylor Swift's song uh, "Mad Woman." This is the ninth track. Oh, sorry, it's the twelfth track. It's a 12th track on her latest album, Folklore. Folklore has been out mm-hmm. for about three weeks now. And it's been number one for three weeks as well. <laughs> and why did we decide to to talk about this? <laughs> well, Do you have I a think... particular reason? Well, I think it's mostly just because um, you dropped me Taylor Swift's album. Na to, I think... Um, we well, it really helped us cope with whatever's happening with this year, right? Yeah. She's someone that every a lot of people look up to and a lot of people admire her. So when she dropped this, parang it's like a little ray of sunshine in an otherwise very, very dark year. And so we really wanted to just talk about a song, but it's super hard to decide which one. And I think it's more also like a random pick. But at the same time, I mean, any song could be a good song to talk about. Um, so yeah, but I don't know when I when I watched this for the first time. Then I, when I sorry when I well I did watch it on YouTube. Parang from beginning to end, it's the yung nagstick sa akin. Aside from Cardigan, <laughs> Mad Woman and Cardigan, but um, yeah, let's talk about Mad Woman. And I know I, I know you have a lot of feelings <laughs> about this album in general, so I might take a step back. And let's you talk about it <laughs> line for line or however you want to discuss it. Yeah, well, I do want to hear what you think as well. I'm a big uh, Taylor Swift fan. <laughs> and I know you like her too. But I would say, because I, I have... <laughs> it, um, I have a Stan Twitter account. Do you know what a Stan Twitter account is? Oh my goodness, <laughs> you do? What? I do. It I has... didn't even know that. Yeah, I, I maintain one. And over the years, the subject matter of that account has changed. <laughs> it oh, depends wow. on... May it depends. know the name? <laughs> I will reserve that um, information. <laughs> but okay. yeah, so I, I maintain that. a stand account. And since uh, Folklore came out, that account has been completely dedicated to promoting the album, of course. <laughs> And so the, uh, okay, I just wanted to awesome. pre- preface this discussion with that, so that you have no, a better of course, understanding. You have to lay out your, you have to lay out your credentials uh, if we are gonna talk about something you know as heavy and as important as Mad Woman from folklore. I am a casual fan, so I will just talk about it from a perspective of someone who likes nice music, right? I am. I am not cultured at all when it comes to this. So, yeah, it's super helpful that you put that out here. 
Yeah, I it's it's tricky because being a fan or a stan um, <laughs> has some toxic traits, and that in that involve that includes um, reading too much into the words. It's very different from like just literary interpretation, where you just take the text for what it is and examine your feelings about it and trying to connect symbolisms and patterns. Most of the time, stands tend to think about what do these lyrics mean in terms of her personal life. Um, mm-hmm. So things like that, which may be good for some may be interesting to some but for others it may be too toxic so I'm just gonna preface that part of the discussion as well because I, w- I think I will mention uh, that some of these things may be not related to real life okay Sige, so why don't we do that why don't you choose um, I don't know three or three to five particular parts of the song that you think can be related to real life and how <clears throat> it affects you personally and or Parang why, what do you think? Why did Taylor Swift write it? Okay, so I'm going to start by saying that if you haven't heard Folklore, um, oh, yeah. this is me really inviting you to do so. <laughs> to to give it a chance or to give it a listen because even if you're not a fan, maybe, um, I think most people, like the general public, the non-fans, um, have not heard this side of her before. Um, not but the fans would know that this side has been present in her previous work. It's just that it has never been so consistent and so um, cohesive in one whole album like this. So it's an invitation. I invite you to listen to it. And uh, so the second point that I want to make is that when I listen to Folklore as a fan, knowing many of the context of the other albums, I think um, I, I identified some songs to be personal like maybe derived directly derived from real life events and situations that the public actually knows about where like her other songs her other um, Taylor Swift has been known to like chronicle some of her very public um, public uh, altercations public feuds and public romances and breakups as well in her in her songwriting so um Entering this, um, fans, I guess, expected that all of the songs, if most of the songs, if not all of them, would be something like that, like a journal chronicling real life events. But when I listened to this, um, immediately, um, especially during Cardigan, when you listen to uh, the lead single Cardigan and some of the other songs, you see that. Yeah, there is an element of folklore into this. Like, there's a lot of fiction, references to fiction, and you kind of don't know if it's actually derived from real life or not. So, when I listened to it, I kind of identified which songs were like that and which songs weren't. Um, so, in the album, she mentions three songs, like, Cardi- that that's Cardigan, August, and um, Betty. About These are songs surrounding characters that she made 17-year-olds um, involved in an illicit affair or a, a love triangle, essentially. So, there's a folklore aspect in that way. But then, Mad Woman, which the song we're, the song that we're talking about, is one of the songs that I thought was directly um, about a, a very public uh, aspect of her life. So, 
that Mad Woman and My Tears Ricochet, which is the fifth track particularly, are twin twin songs for me. So I thought when I had read this um, or when I listened to it, the very first line really it kind of signaled to me that this is something this is an easter egg <laughs> that you need to follow it's a, it's a trail because she says in the first two lines what did you think I'd say to that there's a scorpion yeah. sting when fighting back and immediately when I heard that I thought oh my gosh a scorpion <laughs> a Scorpio who is a Scorpio <laughs> that was my first question oh so I, my god seriously that's seriously what you first thought that's yeah. so wow wild. that is so wild because <laughs> I know that, she, that she's not a Scorpio Taylor is a Sagittarius <laughs> you know that she oh okay that's because <laughs> she's from yeah she's a Sagittarius which most of her fans know also because of She's December 13th. 13 is her favorite number. And okay. um, she she has a song from her previous album, Lover, uh, called The Archer, which is what the Sagittarius is, Sagittarius. an archer. Yeah. So that's what I first thought. Who Who is a Scorpio? Because why would you... I just think it's, a, it's, it's, it's such a red flag because a scorpion stinging back isn't a very obvious image or metaphor for... Fighting back. It it seems right. very specific. Is, yeah, like she could have chosen a snake, which has been um, attributed uh-huh. to her a lot, or a big cat, or her reputation album. <laughs> yeah, or something else entirely. But a Scorpio, a scorpion. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so that's what that that kind of signaled to me that hey, I think this is about a real person that she's maybe referring to someone and that's an easter egg so the person she's talking about there might be a scorpio so they strike to kill and you know i will so so amazing i i feel like i need to rethink my listening habits because when (laughs) when i listen to a song it's usually like a background just the background music right uh, I guess it's, it's amazing really Anyway, different. sorry, carry on. I guess it's just really different when you're a fan. And I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad I thing. It's, no, I definitely think that it's like a case, you know, person to person thing. And I love it. Um, yeah, go ahead. So, so the next... Um, what other yeah. thing? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so yeah, the next part that I thought was striking was the pre-chorus... Um, she says in the pre-chorus, every time you call me crazy, I get more crazy. What about that? And when you say I seem angry, I get more angry. I think I want you, I want to hear what you think first about this line. I, yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say that maybe before you say something about it that actually, you know, relates to Taylor Swift. Yeah, I wanna, I don't know, actually, yung when I was listening to this. Because it's so relatable. Maybe I'm generalizing, but women usually have this going on always, especially now that you know the Me Too movement. And ako kasi parang growing up, I never really felt like um, it's an issue to be a woman because I was young, diba? Pero as I grow older, I realized ko nga na parang that's not fair. That's not how 
you would date someone who isn't, you know, a woman or a girl. And I think yung isa sa mga realization ko um, about this is it's probably like when I was in high school or na parang somebody was telling my mom na swear to siya because of my dad. Tapos parang, but then also my dad is swerte because of my mom. Parang ganun, but it's never really brought to light that way. So parang it's one of my personal realizations even before all the feminism, um, you know, ideas uh, were brought to my attention by media. So parang dun ko lang na-realize na that there is something different with that. So after that, like it flooded in na, na parang it is different for a woman to live in this world. Tapos like the wage gap is very real. Um, and then Taylor Swift also is very open about talking about na parang whenever she would talk about her previous relationships and put it dun sa songs na as lyrics. A lot of people like say so much about it, but it's not like that with, you know, with John Mayers or with, I don't know, John Legend also does it, but they never get any crap about it. But with with women singer-songwriters, parang they get a lot of bad press about it because, like, why, right? Tapos, yeah, every time na, na yun nga, every time na comic crazy, I get more crazy. And, and when you say, I seem angry, I get more angry. It's like a lot of, there's a lot of historical um, context to this. That, yeah, that as a woman, it's like, it fuels something inside of me. And that's what Taylor Swift is really good at. I'm a casual fan, but it never fails, her songs never fail to make me feel something. It's like, there's always a line in any song any given song of her na I latch on to and I just say na parang yes that's for me <laughs> and this is it this is great for the for this song um yeah so that's how I feel about it mm, I think there's still a lot to unpack but what do you think I feel the same I feel the same way I like every I resonate with everything that you said obviously I don't have the same experience that you have but Growing up, I also mm. witnessed the same double standards that people set on yeah. uh, based on gender and based on sex, and um, and I I agree, and I feel that now I'm I'm it's kind of empowering to see people resonate with this as well that um, an artist speaking up like this, like pointing out. Um, seemingly like I don't think like 10 years ago or 10 years ago a, a song like this would 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 have been possible for uh, an artist like like her right um, so it's just um, n- it's not nice but what's the what's a better word but it's it's a good thing that she's able to point out this anger, this sense of being incensed about injustice. And I'm completely behind that 100%. And in conjunct or like in relation to this line, uh, uh, I, the, the next striking part that I want to, to point out is the, uh, the line in the chorus. Um, 
no one likes a mad woman. You made her like that. You made her like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that a lot also. Um, I know. I know you. You might bring up that it's also connected to one of her other songs, which is the last. The what is it like? The last great American dynasty. Right. Um, yeah. That it's connected to that. But I'll let you do that thing. I just want to add though, na, na, yeah, yung what a shame she went mad. No one likes a mad woman. Uh, or like you made her like that. Yeah. Um, it's just like in that very brief writing, it just parang floods my brain with a lot of memories, my own and also not my own things that I've watched or things that I've encountered my friends go through. It's so interesting, um, like she puts it as if, and I know that she would later on say this. That it's like you poke that bear till the claws come out. Um, I remember reading Young Michelle Obama, Young uh, Becoming, her book, and how she was portrayed as like an angry black woman. But actually, it's like an, it's just like because because it's like so easy to latch onto that stereotype. And then sometimes you're trying not to be angry because then you'll just be a cliche. Pero parang but then it is something to be angry about, right? So like you never win with this thing. And I know that we're as Asians, parang we have a different kind of stereotype. But as a woman, it's really the same. Na parang as a woman, even in business, you're expected to be like nice and like caring and motherly or nurturing. So the women who are like not like that and wouldn't want to be like that, parang they're seen as like a bitch or parang they're bossy or whatever, and and that's just so weird because that's not how guys will be treated like. So I know that I'm ranting, <laughs> but but I really felt so much when I yeah when I was reading the lyrics particularly of this song, and that when that one it just hits home. Yeah, I think that's actually the goal of the song for the listeners to yeah. invoke that sense of go on, just rant and release the anger and frustration over all the the, the little and big things that have happened mm. in your life that, that happen every day, really. Um, all these things that that paint you as a mad woman or a bad woman. Um, and most of the time, these things are also uh, a result of provocation. That that's the thing that about that line that struck me. That um, now I'm being punished for being angry, but yeah. there's a reason why I'm angry. You had provoked me into feeling yeah. this way. It's yeah. It's one of. It's also one of the other double standards that people set. Like when a when a when a male boss is angry, um, people tend to be more submissive yeah. to them, and that it that maybe it it's he's a powerful person that you should just comply. He knows better. That's the that's the kind of thing that 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 runs into your head. But when a when a girl boss, when a woman who's your boss is angry, then she's like. A villain, really, <laughs> and not a leader. She's like um, Miranda. She has to control her emotions. 
that as very well. emotional. <laughs> I do I do want to know though as a as a someone who's not a woman and yeah. listening to this song what what are the things that parang that you feel particularly because I know that you're an ally or oh, I don't know, I don't know what you call that but <laughs> I know that you're someone who understands and you you're definitely like you know what the double standard is you're like not blinded or yeah so what do you feel when you listen to this song yeah i i also think about those times when i witness those situations that also by like vicariously also make me mad um there are situations where i felt helpless as well in front of power like when i see um like an a colleague for example being treated in a way that's really unfair or sometimes just yeah. outright rude but sometimes you know you feel helpless because there are systems in place that prevent you from speaking up or like just the ba- the main power imbalance um kind of hinders you from doing something about it and it made me reflect also on the times where i may have been um unconsciously complicit to this um injustice like for example if i benefited from from sexism without knowing it or maybe it's not even not knowing it it's like since you're the person benefiting from it you you don't even go the next an extra mile or the next step to think about where this how this benefit exists that, that it, it exists on the on the context of a larger injustice so yeah I, it may be reflect about that that's something yeah i'm curious to hear examples because i know that you work or you're an intern right now right and you were working for hospitals and clinics and i'm curious if you can cite any examples of it happening does it also apply if you're Um, you're a doctor, and patam is there sexism even among doctors who are so accomplished and well educated and are supposed to know these things? Right. I think uh, in general, um, yes, uh, that's a very mm-hmm. real thing that still happens, and um, and I think you you can ask any any woman in the field of medicine, and they would tell you. The things that they experience every day, and just like a few weeks ago, there was a huge controversy online about um, about like doctors in their bikinis, because apparently there was a paper published on some journal. I forgot what journal, but it's a, it's a, it's a reputable journal, a reputable enough journal that people were really up in arms that how could you let this thing be published because the paper was a study on perceptions of patients or people on the internet about uh, finding their doctors in unprofessional um, unprofessional settings for example if they use unprofessional language on their social media and if they wear unprofessional clothing on their social media and i think in the study they like defined unprofessional clothing as like wearing uh, posting pictures of themselves in bikinis so that caused quite an uproar on social media because um doctors particularly uh, female doctors were really the, the 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 receiving end of that um that Uh, description in the study that um, they are viewed as less professional when they post 
pictures in bikinis when those pictures are like they're appropriately dressed because they're wearing bikinis to the beach. So that's one example and they people started posting and these doctors started posting more pictures of themselves in bikinis and saying like mm-hmm. just as a resistance. Yeah, as a resistance <laughs> and 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 telling their stories about some yeah. doctors uh, said that I'm uh, in my bikini. I was able to save this man who was um, who who had been injured because I was at the beach at the time and I knew what to do as a first responder, as an emergency mm-hmm. doctor. And you see, it doesn't matter if what I'm wearing. I'm I I'm trained. I'm a trained professional, yeah. and you should you should um, you should regard me. In that sense, if you're if you're talking about professionalism, you should regard me in terms of my competency and not of what I wear, especially when what I'm mm-hmm. on what especially on what I wear when I'm off duty. So that's something. Yeah. That's just one thing. Uh, and um, there are more like local and personal uh, experiences that that are more horrifying than that because that's more of a social media thing. And yeah, I think there's a long way to go to end sexism. In the field of medicine, mm-hmm. especially in the field of medicine in the Philippines, that's another layer. Like there's so many layers yeah. that um, perpetuate toxic culture that is really rooted on sexism here. And yeah, I don't wow. think I yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's wow. That's so horrifying. Um, yeah, because yeah, no man, how do you separate your professional from your personal if you're in, especially now with the social media and it's so interconnected um, and I've never even thought of that but it is an issue yeah and I don't know but do you always because this is what I hear if you're a doctor and you're a woman, you're referred to as a female doctor, or if you're a CEO and you're female, you're a female CEO. And like, I long for the day where we don't even have to use female in front of all these job titles because it's like, obviously, <laughs> you can be a woman and whatever, right? So, yeah. yeah, it's just, yeah. That would be like the ideal post, post feminist society like when the goal <laughs> of feminism has been achieved that exactly. that's the, the 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 image that we want but yeah I, I so like those are like just some of the things that struck me about this song like theme wise mm-hmm. but yeah yeah so maybe I'd go on can to you move like, on to the next exactly yeah move so on to the next Line. Maybe this is the last part of the discussion that, and it more of relates back to the first point of what I'm saying. Yeah. That the what I think this song is about. So that's this is that's that's what I'm gonna talk about. This song I think is about Scooter Brown, Braun, Scooter Braun, who was mm-hmm. um um if you don't know uh, Taylor Swift earlier last year had a very public feud with uh. The manager or music executive Scooter Braun because um, she her whole catalog meaning all of the masters of her albums from her first album to her uh, sixth album Reputation all of those have been sold to Scooter Braun as a part of a larger deal and mm-hmm. um, she 
spoke out about it because um, she was not consulted about that sale and that she was refused the opportunity to buy it herself when um, I think she had made it clear before to her old label uh, that she wanted to have she wanted to own those those um, masters but the only option that was given to her was in order to buy them back is to buy them with albums too like she'd be able to buy an album by producing another album which is like uh, like a trap sort of thing so if she wanted to buy all of her six albums she'd have to uh, produce six more for that company and she didn't want to do that as a replacement yeah like so like oh wow so that was the the deal that was being offered to her like it wasn't offered to her as an outright buy like for cash but uh, the whole catalog the six albums were offered to a different buyer Scooter Braun uh as a cash buyout like a money buyout mm-hmm. that's why and I think there there's bad blood between the two of them even before that uh, there is a sense of dislike um, so that's that's why she, it was very a, a very public feud and she had talked about this a lot during that time when she was promoting her seventh album Lover and why do I think it's about that um, Scooter Braun is not a Scorpio <laughs> <laughs> but his Did wife it, I'm sure. but his wife is oh. so this song said this song starts with the question does a scorpion sting when fighting back and goes on to ask um, and goes on into the later verses um, she says uh, they and women like hunting witches too doing your yeah. dirtiest work for you. It's obvious that wanting me dead has really brought you two together. So in this song, she's talking about two people. Two people who want her dead or who want bad things for her, right? And then, right. yeah, she proceeds to go on to the chorus saying that um, she's angry and there's nothing like a mad woman, etc. And then the bridge is actually, the whole bridge is where like a lot of things unfurl. And this is all speculation, by the way. I'm not <laughs> claiming anything. I just think it's about them. But I don't know how much of this actually applies. And maybe I'm completely wrong. Um, but the bridge says, I'm taking my time, taking my time because you took everything from me. So that, that yeah. part is still consistent, right? Because she's very angry about that sale. Um, Watching you climb, watching you climb over people like me. Um, Taylor mm-hmm. uh, was awarded uh, Woman of the Decade earlier uh, this year by Billboard. Um, and in that ceremony, when she was given that award, she had a speech. And part of the speech was uh, said, uh, she was directed about um, Scooter Braun. And she said, uh, there are people here who, who, who defend him saying that uh, who defends Scooter by saying but he's nice to me and she said of course he's nice to you if you're in this room he has something you need He, you have something he needs um, because Scooter is a music executive he's a businessman he's a manager he manages Justin Bieber Ariana Grande and a lot of other top-notch artists big artists award-winning wow. artists That's he's a really big deal actually and if you think about it, 
that's right. I really agreed with her because as a business person whose interest is in talent, like he makes money because of the talent of these people, um, but he himself has none of that creative talent. His talent mm-hmm. is in the business side, right? Yeah. And he's making profit out of these artists. So that line, watching you climb, watching you climb over people like me, um, made me think of that. That she is sh- putting shade on this person who benefits from artists like her. And what I like about Taylor is that over the years, she has taken some really brave steps to fight for artists' rights. And she's taken a lot of flack for it too. Um, I remember she, uh, she called out Apple Music when Apple Music rolled out for the first time, she called them out for their artists, for the way they were giving revenue to their to this to the artists uh, per stream or something, something about the policy that didn't sit right with her. She said that the way that you are rolling out your business model is kind of abusive or not just for for artists, especially the smaller artists who don't have big labels backing them up, who don't have contracts. Mm-hmm. And she did the same thing with Spotify. When she didn't agree with uh, the revenue policies of Spotify, she pulled out her yeah. entire catalog from Spotify for like I three remember years. that. Yeah, she I pulled out that. as protest and she wrote open letters. She published op-eds at the Wall Street Journal. She did all these things because, and I think like right now in retrospect, People back then, they said that she was only doing that because it benefited her because she... <laughs> but in reality, no. She, she's a big... She's the biggest um, celebrity. Advocate, yep. Yeah, oh, she's the biggest celebrity, sense. so she yeah. didn't have to do any of that. She'd gain... Mm-hmm. She'd gain as much as... She'd gain more if she hadn't done any of that. But she was advocating for the smaller artists. And... Yeah, so yeah, I that, remember. Yeah, she did get a lot of hate from that. So that, um, what do you how you the alliance with this that mm-hmm. in this line she still advocates for her fellow artists in in like she's painting the divide between the business side of music and the creative side of music, and this is and because she was at the receiving end of such bad treatment from the business side from her old label and from Scooter Braun, she has written this beautiful two lines that kind of encapsulate that, that sometimes people like you, businessmen, take advantage of people like me, the creators. Without us, though, there would be no money for you. There would be no business for you. And then she goes on to say, the master of spin has a couple side flings. Good wives always know. So that's the and then the continuation is she should be mad should be scathing like me but no one likes a mad woman so that's the part that's pretty controversial and we don't know if any of that's true and if but that kind of gave me an idea what was she alluding to but that part kind of con- confirmed for me that who's safely I think that who wh- whoever she's talking about she's talking about a person and his or her wife good wives always yeah. know so the person that she's referring to is someone and that's someone's wife yeah Honestly, so that part I don't want to touch fan, anymore yeah you know as a casual fan I thought it, it was referring to a different couple to a different oh. couple <laughs> Kim <laughs> and Kanye yes exactly 
But now that you're explaining everything to me, it makes sense. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's definitely room. Folklore, this album, every song has so many interpretations. Like, all the fans have different interpretations for everything. And what I said, what I just said, is just my my interpretation and I don't I'm not saying yeah. that it's more correct than others it's but me. it's how I read it yeah. based on what I know and it could be completely fictional for all we know complete folklore <laughs> but yeah that's what I was thinking I had a lot of fun <laughs> discussing that <laughs> do you have any thoughts on all this like uh, before we end to the closing part I mean the only thing that I would add from is from the young history that you laid out about Scooter um, and Taylor is that when I was when I was in a startup and working there, parang I do remember a lot of people say there na if you want to make money, you have to create platforms because that's where the money is coming from. And so, ako kasi before, I was super into content and, you know, being a creative and writing. And that's just not up my alley, right? Because what I wanted was to create art or write. Uh, but then, nakita ko nga yung point niya na if you know how to create platforms where these artworks or where these, you know, songs or music can be, you know, where people can find these that's where money will come from. And and wow, I don't know yeah, to what extent that works. And now that you're saying, you know, about what's good. And you sinabi mo pa na he's also managing Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber. Yeah. That, wow, he's really made an empire. Yeah. And, and sadly, well, I don't know. I don't know him personally for sure, but wow, I, I feel like yung nga yung weird thing about when you get money or or acclaim. Parang, is it like you're, is the power wielding you or or what kind of a person have you become? Or or like, you, you don't even want to give the artist their music back? That's very evil for me. But I yeah. don't know what's going on in their mind. Maybe there's some sort of economics there or... Yeah, so... I like I like what Taylor Swift did here. Very <laughs> reflective. Yeah, very creative way to channel her anger. I know, and it's subtle too, right? Like me as a casual fan, I wouldn't have known the deeper meaning behind this. But I do enjoy her music videos too. It's always fun to see yung mga videos made about it, where they break down, you know, some hidden eggs that you might have missed. And yeah, Taylor Swift is really a genius. <laughs> yeah, she loves she loves doing that. She loves doing those things. In fact, this yeah. is the first album that she didn't do a lot of Easter eggs because it was a surprise album. But for the, all the other ones, know. those had a lot of um, that was a lot of fanfare for the fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh well, I really enjoyed talking about this and. I think my closing thought and invitation is everyone listening in to go stream folklore if you haven't and (laughs) maybe you can write to us. Well, I don't know how you can write to us about what you think about the album, but maybe we'll we'll figure out a way. Let's make a Gmail. Okay. Something at (laughs) (laughs) gmail.com. We'll make it and we'll announce it. Yeah. Okay. Next time. (laughs) 
Okay. Wala na sit next time. Okay. Thank you so much for podding with me. Thank you, Chris. I had a lot of fun. Until me next too. week. Learned a lot. Until next week. Bye. Bye.